Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sunday Recap. This is Chris McLaughlin. I'm here with Ariel Eldridge. What's up? What's up? <laughs> How's it going today? It's great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Do you uh, feel feel calm? Feel calm on the inside? All is calm. <laughs> all is bright. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, had a good weekend. This was kind of like for our family. This was like the last big busy weekend. Um, so Taylor, she's Taylor's in the show choir. Yes. This was, so this was the big Christmas concert, which was super fun. They were amazing. Um, I didn't get to see it, but yeah. I I did see pictures, and I made the comment: the higher the hair, the closer <laughs> to Jesus. They have some major hair on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Group, and I love oh, it. There's a whole thing about like how to do the hair in the choir, which is. Do they use a bump it? Is what I no, want to know. No, it's all like so it's natural. It's natural, and it's hairspray. That's amazing. Forever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ozone layer is falling hair. out piece by piece. Yeah. But those girls look great. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, well, so yeah, so we're, we're doing pretty well. Um, how's everyone in your family? We're good. Yeah. We are all healthy. Thank goodness. You yeah. know, like did the COVID thing a few weekends ago or a few weeks ago. So um, did the COVID thing I know, as a family. As a family. But <laughs> it does kind of give us a little bit of um, freedom, I think, that makes it feel like, okay, for the holidays, we feel like we've already ran You've through that. And, and yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, but we had a, a big weekend too with um, my youngest is in the choir and uh, he's oh. the first of our three to actually do some something in the arts. And uh, so we, cool. we went and saw him sing downtown at the Lighting Festival in Franklin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Friday night. Yeah. Totally. And it was really sweet. That's really awesome. exciting. Um, and then, of course, I did the, the women's banquet um, message on Saturday as well oh, that yeah. morning. So yeah. how'd that go? It was went really well. It was a really sweet time. Cool. I think that we were certainly missing fellowship and, and among sisters, it was extra, extra sweet. So that's awesome. I just loved that day. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, speaking of things that are coming up in, in the life of our church, uh, our Christmas mm-hmm. Eve services are coming up. They're going to be on Christmas Eve this year. Just, oh, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, um, so December 24th, uh, we have a 3 p.m. service and a 5 p.m. service. These are family friendly. So bring the family, invite your friends. Uh, we would love to have you here to worship and celebrate Christmas with us on those days. So uh, we got that coming up. Now, Ariel, before we get going into our passage, uh, we're going to do a Christmas question. Oh, this is, I'm ready. Yeah, here we go. Uh, what are some of your favorite Christmas songs that you have to be, you have to have on during this time of the year? Oh man, this could get controversial. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, okay, I'm going to say something that will probably make people feel like I'm crazy and they'll never trust me on anything again. But I actually like All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Okay. <laughs> okay. But what we cannot do is listen to Christmas shoes. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> can't. Yeah. No Christmas shoes at okay. our house. Okay. How about you? So, okay, my my family makes fun of me a little bit because there are certain Christmas songs that I grew up with that huh. are like part of my tradition. And and it was, you know, when I was a little kid, um, our, like, okay, so I, I got to tell a little bit of the story I here. I need but, some context. Yeah, so Ready. when I was a kid... Um, I was, I was, uh, it was right when like the Muppet show was on, Yes. right? The original yeah. Muppet show. And I actually got to meet Jim Henson one time, which oh, was super fun. That's so cool. You know so, what? Can I just interject for a yeah. second that sometimes your beard reminds me of Jim Henson? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Just, I got to grow it out <laughs> a little longer. He had, he had a, he had a fantastic beard. But that's awesome. Anyway, uh, but Jim Henson, um, 
right around the time that The Muppet Show ended, he produced a Christmas album <laughs> with uh, The Muppets and John Denver. Yes! And so uh, the John Denver and The Muppets Christmas album is part of my uh, my Christmas repertoire. And uh, it was so funny because like every time one of those songs come on my playlist when we're listening to Christmas music, my kids are like, oh, like why are we listening to this? And I'm like, it's awesome. Shut up. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> we have that on record, like on, the, on a the, vinyl. Really? Really? Yes. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our passage this week. So we launched into a new series for Advent called All is Calm. And uh, what I think is interesting is this is not your typical Christmassy passage. It's <laughs> not. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, but really playing off of the idea that Man, our lives are chaotic, are busy. I don't know about you, man, this fall was one of the busiest or felt like one of the busiest seasons for us. Um, mo- mostly, I think, because we were in, in such a state of everything was shut down, mm-hmm. you know, for so long. And then we had summer and there was not a lot going on with our kids. And then it was like, oh, now we're back and everything's back and, you're, and we're going to do everything. Yeah. It's like, whoa, I feel like we got like slammed in the head with this like schedule and this so, former life that yeah. we had let go of for a little while. Yeah. And yeah. Totally. So I understand. So I, I think it's, it's a uh, interesting poignant to be talking about sort of this calm idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what are the things that then, then sort of lead into our busyness um, yeah. and whatnot. So, so this one really talked about like performance and performancism and, and whatnot. So we'll, we'll get into that. Let's go ahead and read the passage. So this is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Uh, Would you read that? Yes. Cool. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, are you anxious and troubled? You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Right. Awesome. Thank you. This is a a really interesting passage uh, for a number of reasons. One is that, um, and let's talk about the fact that this is Jesus interacting with women. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... I think we've talked a little bit about women and, and the role of women and stuff like that before. Oh, but, yes. Everyone uh, <laughs> missed about an hour and a half conversation before <laughs> the podcast. Excellent. It was excellent. <laughs> but, but I think this is actually uh, an important piece of this story because you don't ha- we don't have a ton of stories where you see Jesus interacting with women. Mm-hmm. There, there are a few, and, when, and those ones are very um, critical to his ministry. Yes. Uh, so you have like you know, the woman at the well in John four or, uh, the woman with the issue of blood or, um, here with, with Mary and Martha, these are, these are critical stories to, to how we understand Jesus and, and the way that, um, he views humanity and Mm -hmm. the way that he sees and and the way that he sees people. So, um, but what I think is interesting about this story too, is that you have these two sisters and they are so, um, the way that they interact in the story are so opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we have, we have Jesus then sort of 
I mean, I think Scott's right because he said in here he's not like rebuking Martha or whatever for what she's doing. But Mm -hmm. one is certainly better preferred over the other, right? (laughs) Right. Right. So help us here really quick. Unpack this idea of what is this contrast revealing First of all, let's just kind of unpack that idea. What is this contrast revealing uh, about the kind of the main thrust of this story, yeah. this little pericope? Yeah. I think I agree with what Scott said, that it, it reveals where their hearts are. Yeah. Um, and so he used that as kind of the, the walkthrough to talk about the, the chaotic heart and then the calm heart and then the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely see two here who are, um, if you were to use the word priorities to talk about heart, are, are revealing what their, the priorities of their heart truly are yeah. in their actions. Yeah. Um, and so you see Mar- Mary who's sitting at Jesus' feet. She's paused everything. She's kind of like, I don't know if you, if you, if you're a parent, you have different kinds of kids. I have that kid who could just walk along and, you know, check out the day and not have any hurry behind him whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause he's in the moment and, uh, and he is captured and enraptured by, by what he's doing. Yeah. Or uh, we have friends, you know, we were in a car one time, Luke saw Dalton walking very slowly to the car. Oh, and, and he said, <laughs> he said that for Dalton, every step's a memory. <laughs> and I'll yeah. never forget that because that sometimes people just enjoy the present. The they live in the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Mary love is, you, Dalton. yes, Dalton, <laughs> shout out. I love, I love that relaxed state of Dalton. And I think that then there are people who are more chaotic, who are just trying to busy themselves to the end. Like they're trying to find the, the, the means, I'm sorry, the end. And then the means are just overwhelming them. Yeah. And they're so flustered by it that they aren't enjoying where they are in the present. Why do we do that to ourselves? Like, you know, what's, what's the undercurrent there? What's the, the state of the heart that then brings us to that place where we feel that drive to just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You just yeah. gotta, you know, what, what, what is that? Man, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I'd say that it's accomplishment. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a task oriented must meet this standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and perhaps we set them for ourselves or we lean on what other people have said about what the standard is. And right. we're trying to meet that. Right. And, um, and so we're making the outcome, um, the goal or yeah. the, uh, the prize. Yeah. Some of it too may come back to the idea that, um, we have to earn it, you yes, know? Yeah. And I think, um, a lot of this is, is stemming from enlightenment philosophy, mm-hmm. right? So, so I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but just to refresh our minds a little bit, um, you know, the enlightenment was this thing that happened sort of late 16th century. Um, and it was a major shift in our world, in the culture of our world where, where, uh, especially in the West, where it moved from this idea of, um, uh, or, I guess I'd say, I'd say it this way. It, 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 it brought in these ideas of the self-made man, right? Like, hmm. like we can become who we want to be. Um, we, can, we, have, we have now become maybe smart enough, uh, have, have enough technology, whatever, to then achieve anything that we want to achieve. Um, and this has led into some interesting thoughts. Like, I mean... When it comes to the idea of religion, you get to the, the, the idea of like from the 60s when you have the God is dead mm-hmm. type of concept. Or, um, or uh, one of the things that really came out of it was um, so, so a lot of advances in science then led to um, alternate theories then about the origin of our 
species and things like that, mm -hmm. which then which then uh, leads to Darwinian evolution, which then now is the foundation of of an atheistic, uh, essentially religion. Uh, so, uh, now, to put it too bluntly, but I'm going to go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, you know, you have things like um, secular humanism, which I think is a is a huge uh, worldview in our culture. So it's this whole idea that we, it, it, it's almost like Star Trek, right? Like, so if you ever, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's the one person out there listening to us that's like, yeah, Star Trek. Um, but, <laughs> but in Star Trek, the, the whole idea was, um, you know, you as a, as a human race, we can outgrow all of our problems. We mm -hmm. can, we can, we can solve all of the world's issues, all of the, the quote unquote sin issues that mm -hmm. we deal with. And we can do that by our own power. Yeah. And all of that is stemming from enlightenment philosophy, right? Yeah. So, so now one of the things that I think we really struggle with in enlightenment uh, as like post enlightenment people is this idea of like the undercurrent of our culture is you can earn it, you can get it, get after it, move, you know, get going, da, 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 like, mm -hmm. you know, and we feel that pressure yeah. all the time. Like we, 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 it's, it's sort of the undercurrent of our, of, of, of our culture and it's in us, yeah. you know, as people in the West. Um, so what I think is interesting is that here's a story about Mary and Martha who are pre-enlightenment mm -hmm. and she is actually still dealing with that, right? She, that, so that there's something there about that, that, mm -hmm. that is common to all people in one way or another. Yeah, it definitely makes me think that she, so Martha must have some kind of concept in her mind of what she should be doing. And that word should emphasized is that, um, I think that's some of the residual effect that humanity is struggling with in any yeah. kind of performanceism is just what should I be doing? And according to whose standard, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and so Martha is certainly working really hard because she thinks that she should be doing something. Yeah. Um, but Jesus points out that there's something that is better. Right. Absolutely. So n let me ask you this. Like, how does performancism in this sense undermine the gospel? Mm. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you mentioned the enlightenment and just how we would think that if we dig deep enough inside ourselves that we can, we can fix our brokenness yeah. and that we can do it ourselves. Um, and if we are... Um, if we're faced with a problem, then humanity, if they, if they are just good, if they would just be good, uh -huh. that they would, they would work it out, you know? But the problem is we can't be good because we're essentially broken um, at the root and the yeah. core. And that's the fall of sin. What just popped into my head was the lyrics to Ice Ice Baby. Uh, where Which are? Let's hear if it. If you got a problem, Yo, you'll I'll I'll solve, solve it. it right? Check so out the verb. We, yeah, we got to like rely on uh, vanilla ice to solve our problems. <laughs> so it's good. I don't know why that popped in my head, but it's totally irrelevant. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but it is true that, that that's what we do as people. We think, and I actually was convicted of this this week as I was answering a question in one of the studies I was doing. And it, it, it occurred to me that when I have a problem, who do I call on to fix it? Well, first I call on myself. Vanilla ice. No. <laughs> After vanilla ice, I call on myself. And it's true that often I I would say almost all the time I'm going to try to fix it in man's power first before I go to the Lord. Right, right, right. And that's just the way that we're wired. And uh, and truly, we we it could go all the way back to the garden. And I spoke on this this weekend that mm. by taking um, the fruit from the tree, 
Adam and Eve were basically saying, I want to choose good and evil for myself um, rather than relying on the power of God right. for their goodness right. and uh, for their good as a whole. And so... Um, just, just pause there for a second. Sure. So like, it seems like in that there's this idea, like, like kind of one of the one of the effects of sin in our life is then this lack of, I mean, I, I want at, at some level, lack of reliance then on God, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, but I think at the core of that is you know, like what we see in, in Hebrews when, when, when the author of Hebrews is talking about the, the, uh, the people who were wandering in the wilderness, the, the Israelites that, that fell in the wilderness, that the ultimate sin there is unbelief. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what's happening is you have, you have people who are saying, uh, they they know that they could go to God, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't. Is it because they don't because they just don't want to bother him with it, or is it that they don't because they don't really believe that he can actually take care that's of that a good need? Point. Yeah, and I think that's probably that's what the scripture is saying. Like like yeah. we we maybe don't go to him in prayer. We don't ask because we don't really believe that he can actually do the things that we're asking for. You yeah. know. Um, take care of our needs, um, provide for, provide for us, care for us. Um, and maybe it's a, it's an unbelief in, I mean, generally in, in God himself or his power or, mm-hmm. um, or whatnot. Or just the, even the timeliness, mm-hmm. perhaps if we're just sure. caught up with like, I need this to happen now. Yeah. I'm not willing to wait on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of speculating a little bit there, but, sure, I, but I think sure. but I think there's a there's a there's something there about about that where I think I mean, I could see us just being in this position especially in 2021 western culture America we could, we live in a situation where we don't necessarily feel like we need God at all. Mm-hmm. We go and get a job. The job gives us money. We buy what we need. We can do whatever we need to do. And yet we just don't recognize that all of those things are actually from the Lord at That's the true. end of the day. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, our, it's, it, it's like this dependence idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like God is a say completely independent, does not need anything, and we are completely dependent on right. him. And yet we are in, in our sinful fallen condition. We're just saying like, no. Ah, I'm not, I'm not really independent. I'm, I'm not really dependent. I'm independent. I'm like God. What Scott brought up then was, um, was this chaotic heart that Martha must be having, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and that she's not at rest or at peace. Yeah. So she's, she's not at, at peace. Um, she's working hard. It says she, uh, verse 40, I think was so, so good. The word there is he says distracted in the ESV. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did look it up because Scott brought Good. this up yeah. in there. But yeah, he's right. It's, it's dragged away. It's it's uh, carried away. Uh, she is she is distracted. I think it's a good word. Distracted, mm-hmm. um, carried off by all of these tasks that she wants to be doing and being a good host and making sure that things are taken care of. And she's maybe even has a standard for herself that you know that she wants to attain and things like that. I mean, I relate to that. Like mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, and so, and so here, the chaotic heart then does not, uh, rest and does not sit at the feet of Jesus to hear his teaching. Right. 
at Mary and what she's doing, where she's sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's she's taking in his teaching. What what actually happens? Like what? Obviously, she's receiving teaching from from Jesus, from the Son of God, mm-hmm. which is which is amazing. How you know? Obviously, we know how we receive those things through prayer, Bible reading, coming to church, hearing the gospel preached. I'd say even through the like uh, the sacraments, mm-hmm. baptism, and uh, taking the Lord's Supper. Like those things are, are are ways where God has promised us in His Word that He is going to um, commune with us, right? Like He's He is He is going to dwell with us in those in those moments. And so, what exactly do we gain? in in those different experiences maybe maybe we can talk uh, maybe through those different things so like mm-hmm. let's kind of take them one at a time so when we talk about like the preaching of of the gospel why is that why is that so critical and 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 why what what do we receive from that well i think you could say take all of what you just said including the preaching mm-hmm. of the gospel or preaching of the word and view them as means of grace to us yeah what what does that mean and so these these are just opportunities for us to um, tangibly understand the grace of God, of of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. in um, our salvation, mm-hmm. um, in adoption, um, in renewing us. So um, what we're doing there is I think we're growing the, the relationship of us with Christ and our union with Christ mm-hmm. by those means. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it can't get bigger once you're united to him. You're not like adding to it more union. Right. But I think that for um, for a people who are physical and um, are reminded by physical things, mm-hmm. it's a it's a tangible way to um, to remind, look back, and look forward to the work of Christ. Yeah. In yeah. the in the believer. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think we see that. Yeah, in all in all of those things, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the gospel, the gospel preached, sacraments. Uh, so so I think that's why being in church is so so critical. I mean, it feels critical for me. Mm-hmm. I, I just say say it that way because um, I just, I just feel like I I need that. Like I I need that reminder of of the gospel of my fallenness because uh, I tend to think way too highly of myself. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, you think way too highly. I think way too highly of myself at times. And then, and then, it, so what it does is it reminds me that I'm weak. Um, that I, in, in this case, that I'm not independent. Yes. Right. Yes. And that I have complete dependency on God that I need him mm-hmm. every single day. And so it brings me back to the gospel that says, uh, where, where God answers that need. That he provides, yeah. right? Like yeah. So it's reminding us tangibly that he is our provision over and over. Yes, yes. And uh, for, for people who need tangible signs of what that has looked like and will look like, um, man, isn't it sweet that the Lord ordained these these things that even help us taste his goodness? Yeah, absolutely. To hear it. It yep. involves all the senses. Yeah. And, uh, and just reminds us that he provides for all of our needs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the bread one is re- really interesting. I want to dig into this just for a second. Cause one of the things that I often think about when we, when we take the Lord's supper together at church is the bread itself. Um, is isn't very tasty, but well, <laughs> that's just because yeah. of, 
but that's our fault. <laughs> but when we look at when we look at bread throughout Scripture, right? Like if we were to do like a thread of bread, mm-hmm. right? Rhyme is awesome. Um, it, but this thread of bread throughout Scripture, you can go back to something like manna, right? Right. And so manna is is fascinating because this was a daily provision of God for their for the people of Israel, so that they would live. Yeah. Right. Like they were going to die without it. And they knew that. And so like in the wilderness, as they're wandering around, they were completely dependent on God for this bread that was coming from heaven mm-hmm. and, um, and really needed, needed that daily. And so what was cool about, what I think is cool about this is then Jesus comes back in uh, John chapter six and says, I am, mm-hmm. I am the bread. I'm the bread of life, right? And, and, and draws that connection together that then, then we get to communion yeah. where it's like, this bread is my body yeah. that's been given for you. And so, so when, I, when I take the, the, the bread, um, that's one of the things I think about is like, yes, Lord, like I, I need you mm-hmm. today. I am not independent. I am so dependent on you. And this is your provision for me today. What's so good about that parallel, I love that you brought up the manna, is that if they went in their own uh, work to try to gather more than what the Lord had yes. provided for the day, then it would like mag it up. That's right. <laughs> it would be disgusting and it would start rotting. Yeah. To, I mean, that if that's not a good parallel for our works when we're trying to do it in our own power to provide for ourselves, yeah. that it's, it's just not worth it and it's disgusting and it's, it's not nourishment to us. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. That's so good. That's great. So, so yeah, I think what we see here is the... That Mary, you know, sitting sitting under the Lord's feet mm-hmm. at, at this at this time, it's like that. It's like she, it's like you know, I mean, this may be reading more into the text, but well, he uses the word the good portion. Is that where you're going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like 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 she under she probably understands like this is what I need right now. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, I don't need anything else. She's chosen a better meal. Yeah. 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 It's really good. Um, let's talk about prayer really quick. How what do we receive? from the Lord in prayer? Mm. It's a good question because I've really been studying prayer um, this semester in a spiritual growth class. And it's been um, so eye-opening to me just how much I do need prayer. And I think that I was really uh, malnourished in it. And and so that's something that I'm trying to to take part in more often because it is a means of grace to us. Um, And again, when we talk about provision, it is a reminder that um, daily I need to lay my heart in posture toward the Lord in a way where I am tangibly saying, I do open-handedly need you to provide for me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really appreciate that. Um, I know we talk about prayer a lot in church, and it seems like this abstract thing that you just need to go out and do more of, mm-hmm. but it truly is a good a good grace to us. Yeah. It's not something we do to grow in our in our in our spiritual growth, I think we try to manufacture our spiritual growth when the Lord actually grows us yeah. with his means of grace. Absolutely. We just put ourselves in the path of it. Yeah. And I've heard it said that you just lay yourself on the train tracks of, <laughs> of the grace of God. It's a little morbid, but okay. It's a little we'll bit morbid. That. Not that he's going to run you over, but yeah. you're just placing yourself where you know he's going to go because he doesn't go any other way than through his means of grace to us. That's and right. so you see that the, he's going to go along this, this, this track. So I'm going to put myself in the middle of it yeah. and wait for him to come and provide for me. That's good. Yeah. You know, it also reminds me too of... Uh, um, 
uh, Martin Luther wrote a little, uh, he has a very short thing that he called a catechism. It's not quite what a catechism is, but, but anyway, um, but part of the, his little catechism is on the Lord's prayer. Yeah. And, um, you can find it online. It's free. It, it, you know, it's really short, but what I think was, is fascinating about this is he breaks each of the, the, um, uh, the requests in the Lord's prayer into different segments and, and, and he notes how each one is actually a prayer of dependency. Mm -hmm. So it comes right back to this dependent, independent idea. Um, it's it, that each, each, each request in, in there. So, you know, he says, you know, um, uh, our father in heaven is, is the first one. And, and he starts talking about this idea of like, God, you, you are, you are our, our father. Um, and we are your children and we are de like, like dependent children. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you're in heaven. Your perspective is so much higher and greater and better than ours. You know, so much more than us. We, we don't know that we need you, you know, so instantly right from the get go, you have this language of dependency mm -hmm. on the Lord and every single piece of it is a, is a, is really re-centers re us back to dependency on him. And, and so if anything, our prayer should do that. It should remind us of like, yeah, like I need you, God. I need you more than food and water and life itself, right? Like I, yeah. I need you. I'm reading a small little book called Do You Pray by J.C. Ryle. Oh, okay. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, it's written in kind of like this. You can tell he's uh, he's saying what he thinks. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's it's not in a way that, you know, should tear the believer down. That truly it is a an open question. Hmm. Do you pray? Because then he lays out the case of why you mm -hmm. need it so much yeah. in your life. Yeah. Um, it's it's good. And it's, it's a short read. So. Cool. Go get it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What about Bible reading? What do we receive as we read? I mean, and we've talked about this before, but yeah. just briefly, what yeah. do we receive when we read the Bible? Mm. Like, is this a food parallel again? <laughs> that it's the, it's the meal. It truly, you know, it's, and Scott actually maybe even said this. This week or he last did. week yeah, about it, that it week. is our, it is our, it's like the, our the, meat the milk, and the our meat milk, and sweet dessert, sweet dessert. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's all those things. Yeah. It's, um, it's so, you know, really through those things, those are the things that, that God has promised to us, like you said, that he will meet us there. Mm -hmm. Right. And that he will, he will extend, um, his grace to us there, grow us. Um, his presence is there. We commune with him there. You know, th like, like that's where, that's where he is. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, when we neglect those things, it's, and, and I think Scott said, said it last week, it's like, you know, we come to church once a week. Um, it's like trying to eat, or, or we come to church once a month. It's like trying to eat once a month. You know, yeah, it, it's yeah. like that kind of a thing. It's like, well, that's not going to work. You know, you got to, you need more than that. As someone whose stomach growls every do, time we do the podcast, <laughs> it is literally growling right now. Oh, it is such a tangible <laughs> reminder of how much I need the Lord in His Word. That's <laughs> fine. Oh, that's good. Well, let's end on this, uh, the, the last point that he made here on um, Jesus' heart for us. Um, he says that Mary must have known that she had the love and approval of Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Um, why is it that, again, I mean, we just need to come back to the gospel with this. Why, why is it that having that in the right order is so important? 
when it comes to our works? Like, why is it God loved us first and then we work out of that and not the other way around? Well, I would, um, I just would love to lean into a passage from Titus 3, Titus 3, 3 through 8. And and that's where we went this weekend in our women's banquet. Right. um, Because we were getting to the fact that, that Christ appeared and he was ultimately what is good for us. And so the only way we can actually do good works or perform and do anything is if it is rooted in the person mm-hmm. and work of Jesus Christ. Right. And uh, and so, you know, like that maggoty um, manna, right. all of our works are like filthy rags, as Isaiah says. That's right. Yep. Um, and even on our best days when we are, when we are doing our best work, it isn't even anything compared to what comes from the sanctification of Christ, of what he makes holy. And, um, and he has to first do that work in us because we are, we are so broken yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, any, any works we do out of that is just really out of the overflow of the joy and the grateful hearts we have that our needs have been met mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd say even empowered Right. Yes. To do those by the things. spirit of God. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a couple passages that I think are helpful in thinking about this. So, so first is the idea, like, like you said, that we don't have, we don't really have the ability to do anything that pleases God mm-hmm. apart from faith. Right. So, so, um, so Romans eight, six through eight and, um, Hebrews 11, six, those, both of those passages explain that in, in the Romans passage it says like, we cannot like without Without faith in Christ, we cannot do anything that pleases God. Um, and so, so we have to start from that point and, and realize that faith itself, um, in other words, like being a Christian, is deeply connected to the idea of, of doing any, any good works, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, then, but then secondly, uh, I, I love the Ephesians 2 um, 1 through 10 passage. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, you guys, uh, this is a great one to, to just reflect on because those 10 verses, it's really your story. It, it it's, is. It's everybody's yeah. story, right? It starts out like you were dead in trespasses and sins. And then verse four, but God, right? Being rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ. And then in the end, you have this, this sort of like this, this purpose clause at, at the end, like verse 10, mm-hmm. So verse 10, he says, for we are his workmanship is the, the ESV translation. It, it could be considered like masterpiece. We are, his, we are his creation, this beautiful creation that he has made. It says created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. Like we've been made for that, which check this out, which God prepared beforehand <laughs> that we should walk in them. And so, so the idea here is, look, like God has... God has good works for you to do, things that he has planned for you to do, prepared for you to do. You got to be a Christian first, mm-hmm. number one, you know. But then as, as you're a Christian, we are in this dependent role where we're dependent on him for his leading towards those good works, for the empowerment to be able to do those good works, for the ability to do those good works, like the skills and the talents and whatever we have, you know, mm-hmm. like the resources. All of that, we are in coming right back to dependency, dependent on him to then accomplish those things. For us to try to do anything else is a filthy rag at the end of the day. Like, right. like it's like, why? Like, what, what are we, what are we trying to prove? You know, <laughs> um, uh, we, we don't have anything at that point. So, so I, and I, I just love that, 
that through this we see we re- do really see God's heart for us that that he first loved us mm-hmm. right and 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 he he knew us even before the foundation of the earth is what Ephesians 1 says and and here that he prepared beforehand these good works for us with us in mind specifically mm-hmm. that he would gift us for those things and prepare us for those things um, yeah. it's just awesome so you know, I would just um, want to add at the end here that Martha was created in Christ Jesus. Yes. She was created to be different than Mary. Um, she was created to have this, these longings to, to, to work hard and, you know. Yeah. And you can see that those are good things. Yeah. And I just love the way that Jesus tenderly redirects her efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, basically saying, if you'll chase after me, like... I'll make sure all of your needs are met. Yeah. You don't have to worry about outcomes. Yeah. So um, that's true for us too. That's so good. Yeah, because we do have gifts, talents, abilities, things that God has blessed us with. Right. Um, To neglect those would be sinful, right? Uh, We don't want to do that. We want to walk in the good works that he's given us. Mm -hmm. But man, let's let's not also neglect to sit at his feet. Right. To... Like, like, just practically, what, what, what are we talking about? Coming to church, um, really, you know, when, when, we, when we take communion and we listen to the gospel, um, that we're praying, that we're reading scripture, those are the times when we can sit at his feet mm-hmm. and take those things in, um, allow that stuff to change us, remind us of our dependency on him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That'll preach. <laughs> well, cool. Ariel, thanks for today. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to be jumping into part two of the All is Calm series. I don't know what he's talking about. Actually. I know. How much calmer can we get? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so good now. Yeah, next week, it's going to be all monotone. It's going to be very calm in here. It's going to be about naps. <laughs> so, And we'll be talking about Christmas movies next time on the Sunday Recap. We'll see you then. See ya. <laughs>